Welcome to the Dream to Destination podcast. Around here, we believe that solo travel is the ultimate freedom. It is also one of the quickest paths to empowerment and personal growth. Have you been dreaming about it, but unsure if you have the confidence to travel solo? Well, I'm here to tell you that you most certainly do. How do I know? Easy. Because if I do, and millions of other women do, then so do you. Hi, I'm Shelly of TravelMexicoSolo.com. Join me here on this podcast each Monday to learn the tried and true tips, tricks, and mindset hacks that I used while traveling solo in Mexico for over two years. You'll also hear stories from other solo female travelers on how they transcended their fears and anxieties to step into their confidence and explore the world solo. So if you're ready to turn your dream of solo travel into your destination, then this podcast was made for you. Now let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for tuning in this week to Dream to Destination. I'm super excited because I'm talking to Emma of the blog Forever Lost in Travel. And we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics today, and it's dining solo. So Emma says she is forever lost in travel, just like her blog name says. And she spends a lot of her time planning trips to faraway places or even closer to her home. She says she always loses herself in the planning stages of her next adventure. So whether you're looking to pack up your life and make the world your playground, or just planning how to spend your next well-earned vacation, she says she can inspire, inform, and excite you about the next trip on your list with some of her travel stories. So Emma, hi, thank you for joining me today. Hi, thank you for having me. So, so we are talking today about eating alone. And um, this podcast is based off of a blog that you wrote that I uh, noticed because again, I love talking about eating alone. <laughs> it is like such a it's such an interesting topic in the in the solo travel realm. Um, I had no idea how many people were going to want to discuss eating alone or how many people were kind of like intimidated or, or scared of it. So tell me, do you love eating alone or is it something you've had to work towards? It's definitely something I've had to work towards. Um, dining alone was one of the first things that I realized I wasn't as keen on when I was traveling solo. And um, I don't know what it was about it. I think it was more just that fear of going into a restaurant and asking for a table for one and just feeling judgment in some way, even though it, it wasn't even there. So it was mostly just in my head. Um, but yeah, I've, I've gotten used to it now. And when I go on a solo trip, the last thing I'm going to do is, you know, miss out on a good meal just because I've got this voice in my head telling me that I shouldn't be dining alone. Yes. Amen to not missing a good meal. So was there something that happened 
you know, maybe an incident or just some kind of like maybe breakthrough you had personally where you were like, you know what, nobody's actually judging me. <laughs> that's something that's all in my head. Did you have that kind of, uh, I don't know, awakening or however you want to describe what that was? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember one particular incident. I just think that, you know, there were there were times where I maybe walked past a restaurant and wasn't sure if I wanted to go in. I knew I was getting hungry, but couldn't kind of, I don't know, you know, just go up there and ask for a table. And then I did it. And when I was sitting in there, I realized that absolutely nobody was looking at me. Like nobody was interested in me because they went to this restaurant for the food and they went to this restaurant for the food with the people that they were sitting with. And they didn't really care that I was sat there on my own. It was again, just all in my head. Um, and I think that was a big breakthrough moment for me, just realizing that, you know, I'm not the center of the universe in these people's <laughs> dining habits. So um, basically just suck it up and, and go. No, that's so true. I've, I've obviously, like I mentioned, I love talking about this and I've said that to people. I'm like, wait a minute, everyone was supposed to be paying attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> no one did. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I want to do over. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely true. Um, you know, it's this, like, I had this thought, like, well, I've never really paid attention to anyone dining solo. There might have, the restaurant might have been full of people eating alone. And I just like, probably mm -hmm. have noticed. And so I have to assume that's the same, the same situation with me that nobody's actually, <laughs> no one is, sadly, no one is paying attention to me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're all interested in what they're doing. And, you know, I can't tell you who was in the restaurant the last time I went to a restaurant, like I couldn't tell you who was sat at the next table. So, you know, even if for some reason they did notice me coming in alone, it would be very fleetingly. And, you know, again, they would be going back to their food and not really thinking about the fact that I'm dining alone again. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just something that I think people get very worried about but um i wrote this post just to tell people that you don't have to be worried about it but also you know if you do want to feel a bit more comfortable with it there are a few things that you can do to help that yeah so you uh how long have you been a solo traveler or how many solo trips have you taken whatever's easier to answer <laughs> i think i've probably lost count on how many solo trips i've done um you know, I mean, I've done quick weekends away, overnight trips. I've done longer, um, you know, longer trips on my own. Um, it all started when I wanted to come over to Canada. I'm from the UK originally. And I came over to Canada um, on a work visa and I came over on my own. And I ended up loving it so much that from that point on, I just always wanted to do solo trips. Um, you know, I just thought if there's nobody to go with me then why should that stop me going somewhere that I want to go no I mean exactly so it's it's curious though that you you like solo traveling and you're so like I'm going on this trip alone and then you know like the eating alone is is like another mental hurdle you know you've worked yeah. through it but it's just interesting that I think um people think, you know, if you can travel alone, you can do anything alone. 
but Mm -hmm. you know, that's obviously like not, you know, true. And, and even like some, it just depends on your mood. You know, I've eaten alone a lot of times, but then there's times where like my mood is weird and I do it and it's weird. (laughs) So I think it's, um, for, for me, it just feels like dining out has always been this, um, you know, idea that it's a, that it's a, a family event or, um, you know, a group event. It's like a social um, thing to do is to go out and eat in a restaurant. And when you don't have those other people with you, I feel like that's sometimes where it kind of gets in your head that you've got something missing from this social event, you know, other people. Um, so that's, that's, I think where it comes from for me. Like I can go on tours on my own. I can go on trips on my own. I can, you know, walk around a new city and not worry about it. But, uh, it seems like always the dining aspect just felt like I was missing something. Yeah. And I also had this like thought, you know, I went really back, um, to being a child. Uh, I don't know if this is the same in the UK, but in the U S like when you're bad, you know, you, you get sent to your room alone or it's like <laughs> old school, like go sit in the corner alone. Like alone was sort of a punishment. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where a lot of these, like, you know, you write about this in your blog, like, you know, I'm alone and I don't want people to think I'm like this inept person who is incapable <laughs> of human contact because that's the messaging that it's a punishment. It's never mm-hmm. like, it's not really willful. So let's talk about how we eat alone. What are, what is, um, what is a tip that you have for would-be solo diners? Uh, I mean, one of my biggest um, things when it comes to dining alone, it seems to be that first hurdle is just walking through a restaurant door and deciding where you're going to eat. Um, Sometimes, especially when you're going to bigger cities and more popular places, you'll find a lot of people come out to, um, you know, to, to ask you if you want a table. You know, they see you glance at the menu and already they're ready with, you know, a knife, a fork and a napkin and ready to sit you down at the empty table. And I always felt like, you know, if I've got somebody with me, then you can kind of turn to each other and just say, oh, you know what? Like, I don't think there's anything for me here. Like, we'll we'll come back. And you have somebody to rapport with. Whereas when I was on my own and I'm approached by somebody who says, you know, come and sit down, I feel like I've got nobody else to fall back on. So it's all on me to say, you know, I I don't want to eat here is essentially what I feel like I'm saying. Um, if you then walk away. So for me, the hurdle is always just getting through the door. Um, so what I've, you know, done in the past is look at restaurants that I might want to go to in advance. Um, I'm a planner. Um, I'm definitely a travel planner. So, you know, looking online at restaurants that I might be interested in, especially when I only have a couple of days in a city, Um, you know, I want to make sure that I eat somewhere good and that has good reviews. So my, my best advice for dining solo is do a bit of research. Yeah. And I think also you get like, you're excited rather than like these anxious feelings. Mm -hmm. Like I found this place. Um, it just like something is speaking to me about it. I saw a picture and that picture looks like the 
everything I need in my life. Like you're excited. You know, you've already kind of worked through, through some of this um, possible anxiety or anxiety that you're going to have. So, all right. So you go online, let's say, and you, you check around and you find your place. Mm -hmm. And now what? Um, I mean, another reason that I, I thought of that, you know, I like to look online as well is that um, I'm actually, I'm a vegetarian. So trying to find vegetarian food when you're traveling isn't always the easiest depending on where you're going. So again, the planning really helps me with that. Um, But once I found a restaurant that I want to go to, or even just an idea of, you know, some of the dishes that might be available in this place that I'm going to, especially if it's somewhere that I'm not familiar with, um, you know, for me, the, the solo dining experience seems to be, you know, worried about what other people think, or that's how it started. So, uh, you know, just picking your time, uh, picking the time of day that you might want to go and dine alone. If you don't feel comfortable in going into a busy, busy restaurant right in the middle of dinner, um, you know, maybe start off by, you know, trying somewhere a quieter time, go for lunch, or maybe, you know, eat a little bit earlier. Um, you know, that's, that's a, a good thing that you could try to do as well. Um, if it's the the people aspect that you're worried about. Yeah, that's um, a good tip too, for like, for budget wise, you can always eat at a nicer place for lunch, and it's like half the price and usually, mm-hmm. usually the same menu. <laughs> yeah, happy hour is your friend. Yeah, that's definitely true too. Um, yeah, and I, um, I, I wrote a, a solo dining blog too. And in mine, I, I kind of like say the same thing that you say in yours. And it's like, you know, like pick, you should have every detail that you want. Like you're alone. You don't have to compromise. Like if you want to eat at 602, that's when you should eat. If you want to eat at this restaurant, at this particular table, like you should have all of those things. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, like this, like pick your, your time, pick your perfect time. Um, that's such a great tip. You don't have to eat at the quote unquote dinner hour when you're a solo traveler. Yeah, because you go when you're hungry, right? You don't have to decide with somebody else. So if you're traveling with somebody, you know, the biggest part of an afternoon seems to often be, okay, well, are you hungry yet? Oh, when do you want to go for dinner? Where do you want to go? And then just having this big discussion about when you're going to go and where you might eat. Whereas if you're solo traveling, that's one of the great things is you don't have to worry about that. If you're hungry, go eat. Um, If you want Italian food, go have Italian food. You know, you can choose wherever you want to go because you don't have to rely on anybody else to to come up with compromises as well. No, I think that like, it's the often overlooked best part. <laughs> it is. It is. I'm slowly realizing that as well. Like uh, it is something that, you know, I've come around to and, um, you know, it, it took a while to get the courage up to always go out and dine alone, but I actually don't mind it now. It's, it's something I, I look forward to being able to relax after a busy day um, traveling, you know, just being able to go to a restaurant, order what you want to order and, you know, just sit down and, and relax. Yeah. And like not have to share your food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just so many perks. I don't know why I eat with anybody ever, but, <laughs> but, um, 
so yeah so now you've uh you did your research you found your place you worked over i don't know i'm gonna call it the hump you've like (laughs) got through the door and now you talk about something that i love like choosing your optimal seat i totally agree with this i i guess in the u.s the realtors say location 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 I don't know if that made it to Europe, but yeah. So I think of the same thing in a restaurant. So tell me about choosing your optimal seat. Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you're going to dine on your own, um, for me, one of the things I like is something to look at. You know, I don't have anybody else to talk to who's going to be sitting with me. So, you know, I might as well have, you know, a, a better seat. Maybe it's a window seat, um, you know, so I can do a bit of people watching while I'm, eating my dinner. Uh, Maybe I just don't want to be surrounded by all the other people. You know, if it's, if I'm, you know, had a a solo trip and it's been a busy day, maybe I just want to be somewhere quiet. So, you know, I'll be happier to pick a a seat a little bit further away, like a quiet corner, um, rather than right bang smack in the middle of the restaurant. Um, So, you know, it's, it's all how I feel at the time. Um, but the good thing about solo travel is that, you know, you can choose everything about your dining experience. And that includes where you might want to sit. You know, if you want to be able to talk to people, then sit at the bar. That might be a good idea because if nothing else, you know, the, the servers behind the bar will be there, you know, for occasional, you know, conversation or a few words, um, you're also likely to bump into other solo travelers who, you know, might be also sat at the bar. Yeah, the sit at the bar tip is, is, um, is a big one. I find that like, it doesn't matter where you sit. (laughs) Like someone's gonna, your neighbor's gonna talk to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're alone, like, it's hard to actually be alone when you're solo traveling, because you're, you're so you're very approachable like two people are not that approachable one person is is incredibly approachable (laughs) I have to be with like headphones in a book for my neighbor not to be like hey you're alone hi so um, I carry a book with me everywhere I go when I solo travel I always have a book in my bag because you know I might want to stop throughout the day and just you know sit down in a park and read a book for half an hour it's something to read when you're on public transport um, it's something you know something to do with your hands as well when you're in a restaurant and when you're sitting alone and if you are in any way self-conscious you know what better way to forget about everybody else than to get completely lost in the story that you're reading yeah now the book is a good it's a good barrier yeah (laughs) a book is a buffer (laughs) but yeah I'll take a book a lot um to to restaurants too so this is something I've never heard of you mentioned an a a magnet that clips oh my gosh yeah this is this is possibly my favorite online discovery ever um so it's um it's a product uh it's a U.S. product it's called Bagnet and um they have these really kooky like Facebook ads and it's one of those ones that I just fell for hook line and sinker (laughs) and I ordered one online and then I was so amazed by this product that then I basically bought it for every single one of my friends um so it's it's kind of like a key ring um that goes on your bag and um and then this it's a very very strong magnet 
Um, so it's meant to be so that you don't have to put your bag on the floor. So the idea is you don't want to put your really nice purse on the floor because it's very expensive or, you know, it's just very nice and people walk on the floor. Um, so the idea is if you've got anything metal around you, which tables are often made of metal or at the very least the, the base of the table or the table leg. Um, so I always have this bag knit and I just kind of attach the bag to it. So not only does it keep my bag off the floor, but it's a pretty strong magnet. So uh, for me, it's like a safety thing as well, because, you know, somebody can't just uh, pop the bag off the back of the chair and walk away with it. Um, you know, because when you're a solo traveler as well, it's what do you do with your stuff? Um, you don't want to lose your things. You don't want to get things taken from you. Um, so I kind of like this product because it just gives it a little bit more security as well. Oh, that is something like if you've never eaten alone, that's one of the things you're not going to think about because you're used to just leaving your bag and having your friend or your friends, you know, like keep an extra eye on it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I always, always, always tell people to take your stuff with you, which is definitely annoying, but it's not as annoying as having your bag stolen. So yeah. <laughs> but this is super Very cool. Good. I've never heard of it. Um, it's, it's really fun. Um, I think they only deliver it to the U.S. now. They used to do international and, and um, they seem to have stopped that for a little while. I think they're trying to figure it out. But, um, but I have absolutely tons of these things in lots of different colors for every bag that I have. And I don't know. I just really like it. My friends make fun of me because they're like, I should be getting paid by this company to market it because I talk about it so much. Yeah. No, but that's cool. That means, you know, you're like a cheerleader for it because you yeah. love it. I saw it. And I'm like, that sounds so cool. <laughs> I want one of those. I forgot to even like mention why I was bringing up this product because I was so excited to hear about it. But yeah, it was all about like, what do you do with your things, you know, when you're a solo diner? Because again, like, that's something you've never thought of if you've never eaten alone. But mm -hmm. yeah, if you don't have one of these, honestly, just bring your stuff to the bathroom with you, even if it's annoying. Nothing yeah. is more annoying than like not having your things when you get back from the bathroom. So definitely. Um, so you are a proponent of liquid <laughs> as most people are when we talk about solo dining. Um, so yeah, tell me, how important um, do you think this is? I mean, it's, for me, I'm just, I'm interested in trying different things when I go away, you know, trying local beer and, um, you, you know, new cocktails is just as much a fun part of the dining experience as finding a new dish that you want to eat. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of partly why I do it. If I'm on vacation, if I'm on a trip, then you know, why not if you're going to enjoy yourself, if that's how, you know, you relax a little bit more, if that's something that you like the taste of, then why not grab a local beer or a really nice cocktail or a glass of wine? Um, you know, just the same that, you know, if you want to try local sodas and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just about relaxing and, um, yeah, just that's it, really. <laughs> No, but it's, I mean, you know, it's not called liquid courage because it doesn't work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, does, it does work. It will, you know, you'll like, you'll definitely calm down. Um, 
But yeah, I like that you mentioned also earlier, like it gives you something to do with your hands, but yeah. Um, you know, obviously if you don't drink, you know, you're order two drinks or two waters. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I mean, I'm, I'm English, so obviously we like tea. Um, so I love going new places and trying different flavored teas, local, um, drinks. You know, I went to Vietnam last year and, you know, all the different kinds of coffees that you can get as well. Like, you know, basically just, you know, order something to, to do with your hands a little bit while you're waiting for your food to come and, um, you know, try new things. Um, try something local. But I never even thought of it, but I bet some teas are like actually going to calm you down too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Like a lot of them are very soothing, um, you know, especially the herbal teas. So. I never thought about that. So uh, let's talk about faking it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> the solo dine, the first time solo dining way. Um, so how do you, how do you, uh, how do you tell people how to do this? How would someone fake it till they make it? Um, I, I think it was something that I had to kind of work towards, but you know, at some point you've just got to rip off the bandaid, you know, you can hover around the restaurant door all you want, but you're not going to get any food if you're still stood outside looking at menus. So at some point you're going to have to cross the threshold and get into that restaurant. And, you know, if you're taking that step and you're on your own and you've come so far as to do a solo travel trip all by yourself, you know, you've, you've clearly got enough confidence to get you to a, you know, somewhere that's not home. Um, so why not continue with that and, you know, ask, ask for the seat that you want in the restaurant, you know, um, do whatever you can to make yourself feel more comfortable with the dining experience. If that means sitting, you know, in the corner for now, if that means, um, you know, sitting on a patio, being able to, to watch people go by, then, you know, just do it. Um, if that's what got, what's going to make you feel comfortable. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's a big mental hurdle. Like you feel like you're not entitled to have whatever you want. Like, I think the nervousness makes you feel not entitled to like have what you want or use your voice or, but it's like, that's exactly how you can't act. I always tell people act the way you act if you're with somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, don't think of it, you know, think of it as a performance, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And you know, you've been to eat with people so many times, you know how to act, you know how to like play that part. So yeah, that, for me, that's like fake it till you make it. Like, act like, you know, act like it's you've done it a million times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're with a group and you guys want this one certain table, you're going to ask for the table. You know, it's not that awkward. <laughs> People do it every day in restaurants, you know. It's not any more awkward because you're alone. You know, you've you've turned it into that in your head. But in reality, it's not. People ask for the table they want in restaurants every day. <laughs> I actually find that as a solo traveler, um, I'm often given more options. Um, so I think that, you know, people who work in restaurants, um, from my experience, have, have noticed that when you come in as a solo traveler, you might be feeling somewhat awkward about it. And a lot of the times they do try to help with that. You know, they'll come in and say, 
you know, do you want to sit by the window? Do you want to sit at the bar? Like what's, what's best for you? And um, if you, you know, have found a really great place like this, then just kind of take their lead as well. Yeah. To that point, I think that for them too, it's easier because they're only have to, they only have to deal with one person saying yes or no. It's not like a group consensus. Like they don't come to you with a great suggestion. And then one person in the group is like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I think it's easier for them to kind of suggest to one rather than many. Um, But yeah, I totally feel like I get hooked up all the time when I'm eating alone too. And that never happens when I'm, like, when I'm with somebody, especially if you sit at a bar. Like if there's anything extra and you're sitting at a bar and you're solo dining, they're like giving you the free food. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's the magic. So yeah, like kind of to the same point, um, you write about taking your time. And I, I love this because I think that's a thing like once maybe the anxiety starts, you know, you're like, I need to just do this really fast and I need to get out of here as fast as I can. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's exactly not what you need to do. So tell me about, um, taking your time. Yeah. I mean, for me, if I've taken this hurdle, if I have, you know, gotten the confidence enough to go into a restaurant and sit down, you know, I've, I've picked somewhere that I really want to go to because their food looks good. You know, I found the seat that I want to be sat in. Um, why am I going to, you know, rush through my dinner and, you know, wolf it down in two minutes just so that I can leave? Um, you know, once you're in there, um, just just enjoy it. You know, you've you've taken this leap. You're solo traveling. Just enjoy your food. Um, and yeah, take your time. Don't feel rushed uh, because generally other people are not going to feel rushed to get out there. You don't see, you know, groups of people saying, oh, well, we better leave now. So don't feel like you have to do that as a solo traveler as well. Yeah. Again, just like fake it till you make it, pretend you're Mm -hmm. in a regular quote unquote, regular dining experience with other people. Like you're not really rushing dinner. You're like savoring it and enjoying it. And you know, Mm -hmm. you can enjoy it that same exact way. So you talk about catching, using your time since you're taking your time. What do you do with your time when you're, um, when you're dining? What are some of your things that you do while you're sitting there? One of the biggest things that I do is, um, you know, my, my dinner time or the time that I'm sat there, you know, either waiting for my drink or waiting for my food to arrive is, uh, it's a great time to catch up with people at home. Um, it gives you something to do, you know, whether it be, Uh, messaging somebody on your phone or writing an email to somebody, um, whatever it is, uh, this is a great time to catch up with people. I often find that when I'm traveling on my own, you know, I sometimes end up packing a lot into a day and I'll be rushing around all over the place and, and actually sitting down in a restaurant having dinner is a lot of the time, one of the, one of the first times in the day that I might have stopped, (laughs) So, um, you know, just using that time to, to give a quick call or uh, text or something to, to people, um, let them know that you're okay as well, right? Because sometimes that's another safety tip with traveling solo is, uh, you know, I think you should still check in with people back home um, because they will worry about you as well a little bit more. Yeah, that is a, that's a good tip. I like to edit my photos. <laughs> that's, I'm like a very meticulous photo editor. <laughs> I think 
a lot of people are like, are you still editing? It's been <laughs> a really long time, but nobody bothers me when I'm eating alone. I just edit away. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I'll do like the pictures from that day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go through your pictures and delete the ones that you don't want anymore. That's again, you know, it's one of the first times in the day that you might have been able to stop and uh, take your time to do something. So. Oh my God, that's so smart. Delete the pictures that you're, <laughs> don't take up any unnecessary photo space because what if something comes up and you have all like these pictures you're never going to use and now you can't take the picture you want. Exactly. <laughs> I never thought about doing that. That's so cool. So do you, I see in your blog, you also journal from time to time uh, when you're um, Yes. Yeah. I, I like to I like to take notes about what I've done. Um, if nothing else, then obviously I'm, I'm going to be writing about my trip at some point. So this is a great time to, um, you know, get that notebook out, just write a few notes about what you've done for the day, um, a couple of thoughts or things that have happened to you, um, you know, maybe like a little story that you want to remember later. Um, just write yourself a few notes. Um, so I don't keep like a, a full journal, but for me, it is more just about taking the notes of the day. Yeah, that's really cool too. I've never um, thought about just like, or even, you know, like I do like a gratitude journal. It's like three things you're grateful for, but it could be like three mm -hmm. things, three amazing things that happened today or whatever. It doesn't have to be, you know, like I guess a proper journal, but um, yeah, this is like, it's a good time to process like you it said, is. yeah, like you mentioned, it's probably your first time, like catching your breath throughout the days of travel, which are often hectic. Yeah. And one of the, one of the things that I joke about in the, um, in this post, um, about writing my notes is, uh, you know, if you're sat there with a notebook, taking notes in a restaurant, then maybe they'll think you're a restaurant reviewer and they'll take extra care of you. <laughs> totally true. <laughs> I agree. I would think you were a restaurant reviewer. <laughs> so when it, I, I like to tell people when in doubt, take out your book. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, you recommend, you know, having the book with you. Um, how often do you say you read? Uh, I read quite a lot. Um, especially when I'm, when I'm on a solo trip, I actually take that as a, as a good, a, you know, a good advantage to read a bit more than I usually would. Uh, when you're traveling with somebody, you know, often you're filling the the breaks between things with conversation rather than actually just taking some time for yourself and reading a book. Um, so I actually get pretty excited about going on a trip on my own and being able to get through a couple of books. Um, so reading in a restaurant when I'm waiting for my food to arrive, um, you know, just taking that book with me um, in my purse so that during the day if I'm on transit or if I'm in a park and it's a really nice day, then, you know, I'm always happy to just sit outside for half an hour and read my book. It's also like nothing gets you out of your own head than like going to like a fictitious world. <laughs> and exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I always, uh, I always, you know, advocate for um, having the book, but it's so true because, I mean, I think I've brought books anytime I've traveled with people, but I think I've never read a book while traveling with people. <laughs>
Um, yeah, so it's, it's a good thing to do. Like, um, you know, for me, when I travel with friends now, what we sometimes do is say, you know what, let's, let's take a couple of hours this afternoon and we can do what we want to do. Um, you know, so maybe I'll sit with a book for a little bit, maybe, you know, we'll go to the pool or somebody else, you know, the person I'm traveling with will want to go somewhere else and explore and do their own thing. So it's always good to, to have that as well. So how do you say you want to say hi to your, your dining neighbor? Uh, how do you strike up a conversation? Um, it's not always easy. Um, it isn't. Um, I don't know if it's something that I would do all the time. It depends. Um, you know, I think that that bar seat um, is probably the, the best way to do it. Um, if you're you know, looking to strike up a conversation with somebody, then that might be the easiest time to do it. Um, you know, you've got to read people as well, right? Because if they're sitting there with a book, then it's probably because they don't want to engage in conversation with everybody around them as well. So um, take your cues. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice even just to, you know, have a chat with the server, um, you know, just ask how their day is going. And, um, you know, I find that sometimes when I'm traveling solo, uh, one of the biggest things is, you know, I'll get until later on in the day and I'll realize I haven't really talked to anybody. So it's a nice time to be able to do that. Yeah, I like to actually ask real questions that I have <laughs> towards servers because they're most likely locals. Yeah. And like a lot of the very specific questions that I have, like you'll go to Google something and you know you're going to get like a long article where like the answer to your question is somewhere in it <laughs> and then you have to find it. So it's like it's so much easier to just ask a person. So I save up like questions for locals and I, I definitely will ask my neighbor or because that's uh, for me it's like I'm actually curious and it's a little less awkward than just like a random high. Like there's a mm -hmm. There's a point. I mean, it's still like, fine, I'll still just say hi to someone or smile. I, smiling works. <laughs> yeah, I think smiling as well lets people know that you're open to a conversation if they want to as well, um, especially if you're, you're sitting alone. Um, like, you know, it's all about the body language. Have you got a book? Have you got your head in your book and you're ignoring everybody else? Are you sat there with nothing in front of you, but you know, you'll smile if somebody, you know, looks over, then I think, you know, they kind of know that they can, they can chat with you if they want to. Um, but, you know, if you do want to talk to people, I think a, a lot of the times it's, uh, it's great to just ask for recommendations for things, you know, like, hey, I really like the food here. This was really good. Where would you just, where would you suggest I go tomorrow? Yeah. And someone in eating out in a restaurant, they're probably like into food and eating out. So they might know another good place. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, no, you know, you're speaking to your audience, I guess you have like, you have your exact demographic right with you. So they're the perfect people to ask, you know, for stuff like that. So tell me about eating in a medieval restaurant. <laughs> in Latvia and the importance of not missing out on a dining experience such as this one just because you're solo. 
I'm always looking for somewhere fun and different to eat. Um, you know, I want to go somewhere that has great food, obviously, but I want to go somewhere that has a good atmosphere. Um, like I said before, um, I'm vegetarian, so sometimes finding food is not the easiest, um, depending on where you're traveling. And when I was in Eastern Europe this uh, winter, um, I was in Riga in Latvia, and I honestly didn't really know too much about the food and I wasn't sure how vegetarian friendly it was going to be. It turns out there are actually quite a lot of options. Um, but this is one of the reasons that I did look up restaurants in advance and I just happened to come across this cool looking medieval restaurant. I was like, well, I have to go here now. Um, but then when I got there, it was, it was just a bit of a surreal experience. Um, so it, it looks like this, um, big giant wooden medieval doorway and then you walk through and there was a there was somebody dressed in medieval clothing and they asked me where I was from and I said Canada and he basically started beating a drum and announcing my arrival and I thought well I can't really go anywhere now like I have to I have to follow <laughs> through with this um, so I, I went and sat down and had this amazing food like it was it was really good um and it was it was just such a fun experience it was something completely different um you know I was I was messaging my mom at the time and I was like I'm in a weird restaurant and um I'm drinking mead uh, I'm um yeah I'm drinking mead and I'm confused but I'm happy <laughs> I mean, that's pretty epic with the drum. Um, I, I would like to be led into restaurants that way. But like, so hypothetically, say you were with people and they were like, I'm not going to this. I'm not, he has a drum. I'm not going. Like, what would you have done? I think that's a lot of the time you, you end up bowing to the group, right? If somebody really doesn't want to go somewhere, then that place is instantly off the table. Um, so the good thing about solo dining and solo traveling is that you don't have to compromise on that. If you want to go to the weird medieval restaurant, if you want to go to, you know, wherever, then you can go there because it's your choice. Um, you know, I'm sure that when I travel with people, there are foods that I know I don't like um, that they might want and they again, have to compromise and find somewhere that works for us both. Um, so that's the great thing about solo traveling is that you don't have to do that. You can get the experience that you wanted. That is true. And I'm thinking back, I was a vegetarian, but God, it feels like a lifetime ago, like 20 years ago. But I do remember like going to the restaurants with non-vegetarians and having to order, like you basically get a plate with like every side dish of mm -hmm. <laughs> So it's like, for you, I'm sure it's even extra cool to be able to be like in full control and like to just live your vegetarian life. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I, you know, admire the, the restaurants and the, the things that they have on the menu here as well. Like obviously a medieval restaurant had, you know, a lot of meat. Um, but I also thought it was interesting when they brought out like meat served on like swords. Oh um and put it on the table. I was like, well, this is interesting. But like, you know, I could, I could appreciate that it was an interesting experience, not one that I'm going to partake in. But um, yeah, it was, it was still very, very cool. I want to go. 
<laughs> you should. <laughs> Latvia was amazing. It was it was possibly one of my favorite places that I've that I've been. Yeah. Is it yeah. like are there a lot of tourists there? Is there big for tourism? They have some tourists. I would say more people are interested in going to Estonia. Um, you know, the, the capital there is Tallinn, and it's definitely a lot more touristy and popular. Um, I was there in the winter, so, um, you know, kind of tourist off-season anyway, but I was going specifically for Christmas markets. And I just liked that Riga was, uh, was a much smaller place, and the people were just very friendly and yeah it was it was great it was pretty cheap as well which is always good as a solo traveler you want to save the money a little bit more because you sometimes do have extra expenses because you can't share accommodation costs and things like that cool latvia i never even thought about that <laughs> uh so let's talk about how to ignore everyone else in the restaurant so i guess like i really think this is the big the big hurdle. So in my research of solo dining, I learned that there is an actual solo dining phobia. I don't have any idea if I'm saying this word right, but it's solo mangar phobia. It's S-O-L-O-M-A-N-G-E-R phobia. Hmm. And okay. um, yeah, and I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> I'm going to assume I'm not saying it correct. But um, so that's how you spell it. But yeah, it's about that it's not about the fear of physical eating in public it's the fear of being judged in public mm -hmm. so you write about you know the, the skill of being able to just ignore everyone else in the restaurant with you so how does one do that uh i mean the biggest the biggest way that one would do that is go to a restaurant that you're legitimately excited about the food um, because once you get in there and you see a menu of food that you want and drinks that you want to try, you're not really going to pay attention to everybody else. You're just going to be really excited and waiting for that plate to come out. Um, so that's, that's a big thing. Um, but, you know, right back to what I said at the start was nobody's judging you. Um, you know, if, if they are, then that's on them. And it's also a very fleeting thing because then they're going back to the table that they're at, they're going back to talk to the people that they're with. Um, nobody's looking at you saying, wow, I guess they have no friends. Um, you know, at, at the very least, they're probably wondering, you know, what you're doing and maybe even jealous that you're traveling on your own. I know, I've said that, I've thought about that. Like, maybe they're looking at me because they're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I just like assume, like, unless someone's like, no, I don't like you. I just assume they like me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the position I've taken <laughs> in life. But um, no, I think it's a huge, a huge mental hurdle, especially the like, you know, social ineptitude or no friends or, or any of those things. And I think that, you know, there's Uber Eats in the world. I mean, <laughs> you can Uber Eats a good meal. You don't have to go to like, you know, it doesn't have to just be like, shoddy takeout anymore <laughs> you can mm -hmm. you can order in a nice meal nowadays so like someone who's really just like kind of sad and like depressed and like not in a good place and has no friends and is this like you know troll kind of figure <laughs> like they're probably not going out to eat alone <laughs> they're probably home 
<laughs> I think it's like confident people are solo diners much more so than like the the I guess like the first thought which is like the no friend you have no friends it's like I think it's totally the opposite I think that person's at home yeah yeah I completely agree and you know it, it is just about overcoming that confidence hurdle and once you've done it once I think it's it's much much easier it just always seems to be you know ripping off that band-aid yeah, it's, it's, it, like most things, it's probably worse in your head mm -hmm. than it could ever be while it's happening. Uh, so this is a, a really cool tip. You, have, uh, you talk about writing a review to help future solo travelers. Like, I guess, you know, including that in your review, like, I came here alone and it was amazing. Like, mm -hmm. that's super cool because that also, like, it's like a little bit of a pep talk for you, too. Yeah, it's, um, it's something, I mean, I think a lot of people like to write reviews if they've had a good experience, but, um, you know, especially if you're a solo traveler and you've been in a restaurant on your own, um, I think it's worthwhile writing a review, um, you know, because as a solo traveler, I do research before I go somewhere. I'd like to look at restaurants in the area, um, you know, I want to search different foods that I can try and if there's two places and they both have um, good reviews and they both have food I like the look of but one of them says that you know a person was a solo diner and they had the most amazing experience because everybody was really friendly to them that's the place that I would probably end up going oh that's cool that's like a, a pay it forward kind of a thing mm-hmm so I like that you also give this option of a food tour. I mean, if you're not all the way ready for a restaurant, um, this take a food tour is, is a cool option. Tell me about uh, taking you a food tour. Uh, food tours are my new favorite thing. Um, so I like doing food tours and um, like cooking classes. Um, it's a great way to eat local food, um, but you can also meet people because you don't necessarily have to be on your own. Um, a lot of these tours are as part of a group. Um, and at the very least, if it's not part of a group and it's a one-on-one -on -one tour, then, you know, you've got a captive tour guide who is most likely local and therefore knows a lot about different restaurants, different food. It's the perfect person to ask questions. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one thing that, I've been doing recently. I took one and I mentioned this in my blog. Um, I took a food tour in, um, in Vietnam, in Ho Chi Minh City. And it was, it was a really good experience, um, you know, that I was able to try so much different food. Um, I wasn't feeling good on the day, so it was, <laughs> it was not the best. I had like a full on cold and I just wanted to be in my bed, but um, I went through with it and I, had the had the most amazing food um so yeah i would suggest if you're if you're nervous about eating in a restaurant then a food tour is a great way to still get that local food yeah that really is it's a good like buffer experience before going to a restaurant maybe like as a first day in a, in a place and then mm -hmm. like you know move on to like actual restaurant the second day honestly i think it's even weirder like i do tours alone too but 
I would think it would be harder to do a food tour alone, but I could see how it might not be. But anyway, like, I guess whatever, you know, I think it's a good buffer activity. It's really good if you, if you don't know what food is like in a particular place. Um, you know, on this trip, it was my first time in Vietnam and I didn't know a lot about the food. Um, and, you know, again, vegetarian, not sure what it is that I can eat. So doing these kind of food tours and cooking classes, they really help you to learn some of the things that locals eat. And you also get to find out like all the ingredients in them. So, you know, what is something that is like a staple dish that I could maybe order again. And that just gave me more ideas for the rest of the trip of, okay, I really enjoyed this sample of food that they gave me. So now I need to go and find somewhere that does that food because I want a full dish of it. Yeah. And I think that is going to make you a lot more comfortable in a restaurant Mm -hmm. environment because now you have some idea of something you like, you know, you're not looking at a menu, just like confused and overwhelmed. It's like about taking away things that are going to overwhelm you. Yes. So tell me, what are the rules? Uh, Tell me the rules of eating alone. There are no rules. That's That's the the good thing. (laughs) That's the good thing is, you know, you're, you're on your own. um, You're solo traveling. um, You have, you know, done a lot to plan this trip and to go on this trip alone. So, you know, do do what you want to do take a book don't take a book sit in the corner sit in the window talk to people don't talk to people either way just make sure that you go to the restaurants that you want to eat at find the food that you want to eat and don't give up on you know having an experience just because you feel like it might cause you 10 seconds of of worry yeah that's the thing with our emotions like they pass really quick. <laughs> they do as soon as you find the food in front of you. Yeah. I that's mean. <laughs> true. Like, that's the good thing about like having solo dining as your goal. Like you get to eat at the end of it. <laughs> and you can have two desserts. <laughs> yes. I, that is how I sell people on, on solo dining. I was like, this one time I ordered two desserts. There's no one there to judge me. <laughs> And people are like, oh my God, I have failed my whole life. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I love talking about this. I loved, um, I'm so glad I came across your blog, which I'm going to link in the show notes to anyone who wants to check it out. Um, so where can people find you online to connect and learn more about your, your travels and your blog and you? Yep. So my website is Forever Lost in Travel. Um, So you can find me at foreverlostintravel.com. And um, from there, you can definitely follow me on social media. Um, I'm on uh, all of the all of the big ones. I've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Pinterest. Um, And yeah, I like talking about solo travel. It's something that I do a lot. Um, I do travel with other people as well. So, um, you know, I just like to write about a bit of everything really. Um, cool. So where are you on the other socials? Is it, is it forever lost in travel? Uh, yes. Yeah. They're all called forever lost in travel in some iteration or another. Cool. 
Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me and talking about solo dining. And um, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. And until next week, nos vemos chicas. That means see you soon. Bye-bye. That's our episode for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I sincerely hope that you're starting to see just how achievable your solo travel dreams are. If this episode resonated with you and you know other women it will resonate with, please share it with them. Let's grow a supportive community of both aspiring solo female travelers and solo travel veterans so we can learn from and more importantly, empower one another. Ready to join the community? Head to our private Facebook group called Dream to Destination and let's chat. If you're also curious about my solo travel adventures in Mexico, then you'll want to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Mexico Solo for both. On the socials, I share all of my colorful Mexico photos, my destination recommendations, and links to my related Mexico travel blog posts each and every day. All the social media pages I just mentioned are linked in the show notes. Thank you once again for being here. I appreciate it so much that you're supporting the Dream to Destination podcast. But as a brand spanking new podcast, I will ask you to please, please, please help me spread the word. How can you help with that? It's super easy. Hit subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. By doing those quick four things, you're going to be helping other women find us and go on to achieve their solo travel dreams as well. Until next time, dream on.